Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 4 of the MMA Lowdown. Steve here. Hope you're well, hope you've been enjoying the fight game. A lot of exciting fights to be coming. We've got the UFC 261, full capacity crowd, three title fights, a lot going on. I'll have a show going on in the next couple of days so you can get my kind of my stance on it, how it's going to be, who's fighting, and we can do some picks in that as well. But for now, we've got a great guest on, a UK rising prospect, Alexei Rook. Alexei Rook's been fighting for a number of years now. She came from humble beginnings at Hastings. She was able to make her way through some decisions in her career, and now she's fighting out of Aspire up in Liverpool. Kettle Gladiator 28 was her last fight against Amy Derwans. Won that one. A lot more to be coming. She's got a few fights that she's had in the past that she wants to basically look at how she's got on since. Now, if we're talking more detailed in that manner, we're talking about skill sets, improvements, adjustments that can be made, analysis of past fights, and ultimately getting to square one, which is getting in the octagon and getting some fights on the go and winning. So it was really great to speak to Lexi Rook. She's really inspiring. She's got a lot going on. She's got a lot to prove. She's got a statement that she wants to be making. So I hope you tune in and listen and check out Lexi Rook on Instagram and see her career, past, present, and get a wee glimpse into the future. Any feedback, let me know. Give me a wee message on Instagram at Steve Irvin MMA, and we'll continue to enjoy the journey of fights together. But for now, enjoy Alexi Rook. Thanks again, Alexi Rook, for taking time to come on on this uh, very sunny day that we've got up here in Scotland. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's not that sunny here. But... <laughs> Where are you based? Uh, Liverpool. Oh, you're fight, fighting at Aspire, so you're based in Liverpool. What part of Liverpool? Um, Merseyside, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> I'm just Liverpool. Good job. Uh, Aspire's like... I think it's classed as Stony Croft, I think, or Broad mm-hmm. Green, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's a brilliant gym, really good gym, love it. Yeah, no, I first heard about it, so there was this event going on um, about a fortnight ago, it's called Caged Steel in Doncaster. Oh, yeah. Um, I first heard about it there, I think, I'm sure there was a couple of fighters that were fighting out there, um, out of Aspire, I'd have seen a couple of people associated with it anyway. Yeah, I, d- but- I haven't fought on Caged Steel myself, but... Um, I think there's, yeah, it's quite a popular show up these days. Yeah, yeah, no, they're definitely getting some momentum. So, yep, I'll just jump on and uh, ask you a couple of wee things then. So I was just wanting to know, so you fought for a few years now. Um, I've noticed, I've seen the kind of the build-up, if you will, from where you started to kind of where you've got to now. So in light of COVID, we're certainly in a time of history. Do you feel that you're, as a fighter, do you feel that you're part of something unique that a lot of fighters prior to this have not been a part of? Um, that's a good question, actually. I don't know. Like, I think the, the last year has obviously been hard on on a lot of us, a lot of people. Um, I think it's it's definitely segregate, like separated the mm. the elite from from the average. I think that the ones that have really had to dig deep and, and find ways to, you know, make make it work through COVID, through the lockdowns and that, and um actually get some still progress and get somewhere with it it would have been easy to just there were times where I thought to myself like oh I could just just chill until everything's back open again but then obviously that's not the mindset to have is it so 
I think it's done it, it, it's it's made me realize how much I actually want to do this um and made me because a few a lot of the time in the last year I have actually had to dig deep and because especially when you haven't got things booked in yeah. you're just you're just training for you know just to generally improve as an athlete so it's, it's it has been hard but I think it's at the same time it's been a blessing and it's been it's made me realize yeah this is exactly what I want to do no, that's awesome. Certainly in light of that, I mean, I've heard of a lot of like UFC type folk and that. They were saying the same thing. Uh, well, they were saying that they, they wanted to fight during this era because it's something that they can tell like the grandkids and all that. I mean, we're thinking um, a long, long time away, of course, when we're talking to all that. But yeah, they, they definitely said they felt that we're in some type of movement. So no, that's that's awesome. And I mean, it's resilience. It's easy to stray um, from regimes and stray away from exercise and kind of motivation. So now that's awesome to heal. So do you feel it's been a disadvantage to you then in any way? So lack of preparation, familiarity with your gyms and kind of the same coaches due to the distance and do you think it's impacted your approach? So you're just saying there that you're you're learning that it's been a good thing. Do you think it's impacted it in any way? Um, I don't think it's impacted it in a bad way. I think... Um... I mean, to be honest, the, the first lockdown, like, like last year in March, was was tough. But to be honest, I think I kind of ended up benefiting from it, to be fair, because like the, mm-hmm. the, pres- the pressure of competing and making weight and things like that was taken away. So it, all I was left with was like my own motivation and, and determination to, to rely on that and to just keep showing up and keep training, even though the sessions might have been you know, less people or mm-hmm. smaller groups or more one-to-one things. Like it was, it in a way, it made me focus on just going back to basics and training hard and just focusing on just training hard and, and, mm-hmm. and progressing every day. Whereas like when you've got a fight coming up, there's so many other elements and so many other factors that, that you have going on. that Sometimes it, it can take away, not all the time, but it, you have to be careful. It doesn't take you away from the initial importance of just, tra- you know, getting the training and getting the work in. So for me, it was really good because when I started Aspire, I was sort of part, I was part time when I first joined Aspire because I was living in Manchester and mm-hmm. working a full time job and trying to get over and that it was it was hard to get there full time. So during the lockdown, it enabled me to actually move my life to Liverpool and set myself up ready for like now, basically, like now I'm in a position where I am training full time there. And, mm-hmm. and, and in the last sort of six months I have, you know, and, my, my training has gone, gone up in yeah. terms of intensity and, and, and progressions and stuff like that. So I feel like it was a positive for me, really. It was, mm-hmm. it had, a, it had a positive impact definitely on my training for me personally, anyway. No, that's awesome. I mean, and plus you get time, uh, I suppose for your, like any, any niggle on injuries and stuff like that, you've got time to let it heal. And um, there's no so much pressure, as you said, for kind of weight cuts and putting the weight on and all your kind of water loading and all that. So no, that's awesome. That sounds cool. So you last fought in November, 2020, didn't you? Yeah. Celtic Gladiator. Yeah. That was, that was a mad show that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you won by a decision. So first, congratulations for that. Now, how do you feel after a, a, a decision win? So we hear a lot of people talking about kind of they have a preferred way of winning a fight. So they're always talking about like fighters going for the kill, like decisions don't feel, they feel a bit cheaper than a knockout. How about yourself? How do you feel? Because I've seen that um, on your on your resume and stuff, there's uh, quite a few decisions. So how do you feel about decisions overall? I mean, I'm pretty sure I've I've only ever won one fight by stoppage at the IMAS, the rest have been decisions. Um, to be fair, I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that I've, I've had a lot of experience in the cage. I've had a lot of experience going all three Good rounds point. or mm-hmm. 
um, you know, having to go the distance because I think there's an element of like it's it helps with your confidence when you know you've been you've had to go the distance and you've had to fight through all the rounds and get to the end and and try and steal that decision in the last round maybe and stuff like that. So it in my head I I, I do think a lot of the time like I would like to I would love to finish a fight whether it's submission mm-hmm. or or a stoppage you know or a knockout it would it would be amazing to do that that's definitely something that I want to you know I want to start doing um but yeah the deci- like to be honest I think I've said this before a few times but until I joined Aspire I never really believed what I was capable of doing um mm-hmm. whereas now being at that gym and and having the support I've got and the training and just seeing the daily progressions and stuff like I've learned to actually believe in what I do now and I think that pe- people are going to yeah. start seeing a, a, a different side to me. I am going to be a different fighter when I come, come back in the cage next. And, you know, I might not necessarily finish my next fight, but it's definitely going to be more, more from me on, on that mm-hmm. side of things anyway, because I, I do want to start finishing my opponents. I want to start making a statement and an impact. And I think now I've, I've got the skill set to do so. It's just yeah. about applying that now and actually making it happen. No, that's, that sounds fair enough. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you hear about a lot of people talking about it, it's like, oh, you want to get to a title fight, you want to do that. It's always a case of I need to make a statement, I need to kind of make sure that the attention's on me. But um, in terms of octagon time and experience in that, every single time you're going to a decision, that's more time than other people have. I mean, a lot of people who just knock out fast and all that, I mean, yeah, they're getting their highlight reel and all that, but they're not getting that experience and if they're going in the competition with somebody who perhaps has it could be kind of backfiring almost so no I could see what you're saying there so just uh, I know we talked about it a wee bit briefly in terms of questions but I just want to get a wee bit of background not too much but I just want to know how did you get introduced to MMA in the first place um so I was about 20 I think I was just turning 22 um yeah. I've been through quite a dark period of my life <laughs> um mm-hmm. And then I just needed a way out of that that lifestyle I was living, really, and the the, the situations I was putting myself in, the, the lifestyle I was leave, leading, just wasn't wasn't good for anyone. So um, I ended up going to I think I first started going to like a little boxing gym with my friend just to get fit, basically, and then literally it just went just skyrocketed from there. Like I started started with boxing, then I started kickboxing, um, and then I started doing K one. I started competing in K one first um I think I had five k1 bouts um and then during whilst I was fighting that year k1 I started doing like jiu-jitsu um wrestling like MMA stuff basically um and literally it just went from there I, I ended up seeing one of my teammates when I first joined the gym one of the one of the guys was fighting in um, yeah. our hometown and uh, I went along with with the team to, to watch and support and I was like mm-hmm. oh I really want to do this <laughs> like this is so sick and then my coach at the time, like I'd had a few drinks and my coach at the time was like, yeah, everyone says that after a few beds, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he was like, if you're serious about it, like come, come to training tomorrow morning. And, and mm-hmm. I did, I turned up like, let's go then. Awesome. To be honest, that was it really. I didn't, I've never looked back and I've never, I've, to be honest, I thank myself so much now for doing that and actually making it, making a go of it. Cause I don't know what I would do in my life right now mm-hmm. if I didn't have that. No, you but, certainly have. No, you certainly have, and you could see it through your fights and that as, as well in terms of, I mean, of the ones I've seen, I've seen a couple of ones, um, I think, oh, is it Ultra, the Ultra Fighting Company, or that might be the 
may actually be the kind of distributors who distribute the kind of videos for your fights and that. But um, I've seen a couple of fights, and I mean, there's something in terms of looking at stuff on, on the television and then looking at stuff, um, of course, the kind of spectacle aspect is completely different. Um, but see, when you're watching fights like Cage Steel or like the fights that you've got that I've seen on like the, the internet and stuff, it looks almost like more... Obviously, it's going to be more gritty because it's not got the big kind of shite brown and lights in the marquees and that, but it looks really tough and it, it sounds and looks tougher seeing it in that aspect on the kind of regional scene than it does looking on the TV. So I think uh, it's awesome that you've even got into that and you're um, keeping at it, certainly through, um, like I said, a lot of kind of dark times that you've had as well. So I just wanted to ask on that note then, not to delve into too much about it, but what did you do before you started training like, in terms of at least occupation for that matter? Um, so I start, I actually went to performing arts school when I was a kid. Um, oh, okay. My mum started me in like a ballet class when I was, like really young um, and then yeah I went to performing arts school in the town that I grew up in Hastings um, mm-hmm. so I was always used to like a structure you know I'd be finishing school and going straight to dance school yeah. I'd always be in rehearsals rehearsing for some sort of musical or show or pantomime whatever like mm-hmm. or competitions there was always something going on that I was working towards um, and then like throughout school I was always I was always playing sports at school like I always played rounders softball and bit of netball here and there and and did dance as well at school and always good at PE and that but I never really thought about sport as a career like Mm -hmm. when I I left school I actually went into hairdressing um mainly because when you leave school you're like 15 going on 16 and you have not a clue like (laughs) they're like yeah what do you want to do with the rest of your life and you're like oh I don't know so I just I just picked hairdressing um at the time I did have a bit of a passion for it I was I've always been like creative and Mm -hmm. into stuff like that so I I went and um did an apprenticeship with Vidal Sassoon in London and then that's That's cool I think it it was good but to be honest I think it exposed me to adult life a little bit too soon (laughs) because I was commuting up from little a little seaside town like Hastings going going up to London every day like mixing with you know adults and the party lifestyle from the age of 16 so it was a good it was a great company to work for obviously stood me in good stead on my my CV and stuff Mm -hmm. for future work and that but yeah yeah. um that I ended up doing that and I think where I went from like such a disciplined background at performing arts school I then went straight into the world of work and like the adult world and just and didn't do anything else like mm-hmm. sport wise or, or fitness wise or anything like that so I very soon like fell off the wagon and, and I think I struggled to find my place in society if you like because yeah. I, I didn't know what I was meant to be doing I was just sort of like going along doing my job spending money on whatever and just like going with the flow kind of thing and it was like I think I'm I'm one of them people that I need a structure I need a routine and I, I, I have so much energy all the time like I'm a bit yeah. ADHD to be honest mm-hmm. so like I need to channel that into into something constructive so when I don't have that to to do like to do that with my energy I just I just lose my head to be honest so mm-hmm. then I went to I, went, I actually went back to college as well after after working for a, a few years of the hairdressers, went back to college, did a year of that, quit that because I just nothing was really like stimulating me or giving me anything. Like I was just always trying to, I was always looking for like the next exciting thing or the next adventure. And then went through like a mad party lifestyle, type, like just crazy time for like five yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Ended up going to rehab for a bit. <laughs> and then, oh, okay. 
and then ended up finding MMA basically. And I think the reason I took to it so, so well was because it, because of the discipline that it requires and the structure and, you know, it's like, right, every morning, Monday to Friday, you've got this session. Then in the afternoon, you've got this session. Then you're doing this session and mm-hmm. you've got this to work towards. You've got to make this weight. And it's it's almost like a little bit OCD, but that, that suits me to the to the mm-hmm. ground. So, um, yeah, that that's sort of a short story crammed into a little no, bit. It sounds like a very busy one and certainly, um, certainly one, I mean, certainly similar to me. So, like, I'm... Like I'm, I'm sitting here now, but I'm thinking already in my routine in three days. Um, I need a routine, I need structure. There can't be a moment where you're sitting there kind of thinking, what can I do? You always need to be going from one place to the next, doing yeah. one thing to the next, planning lists and all that. So no, that's awesome. And I mean, um, yeah, it sounds like to get to this stage, you've been through a lot. It's, it's almost like full circle. I mean, yeah, successful in the, the kind of earlier part of your career and that, but it's cool to see that you've been able to experience it, dabble in what could be employment, that could potentially go for a long way because you know you're pressured into stuff in high school and um generally people gravitate to that and never get to fulfill their dreams so the fact that you've managed to kind of get through all that and thankfully get to the other side um yeah it's kind of paying dividends for you just on the passion so when was the exact moment so do you remember a time so you know that you're going to your gym you're doing your you're doing your practicing, you've, you've told them that you're invested, you're wanting to learn about it. Was there a moment like for you, could have been anywhere, sitting, standing, anywhere that you thought, I'm actually going to like pursue this, like not just as a kind of hobby or as a means to be fit, but I'm actually going to pursue this and see if I can take this to the highest level. Um, I don't remember like a specific moment, but I, I remember when I went to... Um, I started coming, I started visiting like Manchester to train mm-hmm. with, it was when I was um, training for the IMAFs. So the first, the first IMAFs I did was in June or July. Mm-hmm. I think it was June actually in 2019. So because like, no, literally I was the only girl from the South <laughs> of England yeah. that did it. So um, I was having to go up to like Stockport and train with the girls up here. Mm-hmm. So when I started coming up, up North, I was seeing like the, the levels of athletes that were up here yeah. and their mindsets, the way they were training and working and their work ethic and everything like that. And it was, it was different to what I was used to, because to be honest, like I used to get frustrated back when I was living down South because I, I just always felt like no one really took it as seriously as I, I yeah. wanted to. And I always wanted more and, wanted to get to where I wanted to be but I thought I'm never going to do that here and you know it's no disrespect to the to the people I started out with because mm-hmm. you know they they were great with me and for me when I when I first started yeah. but I just sort of like outgrew it a little bit and just I just thought I was coming up to Manchester and seeing all these amazing especially women like loads of girls like I've never I, I probably only had like one or two training partners ever that were female yeah. down south whereas mm-hmm. I was coming up here and thinking oh my god like there's other girls that are my age or my similar to my age and you know, working free jobs and trying to make this a thing for themselves. And I was like, oh, this wow. is where I want to be. Like, yep. and then when I went to the IMAFs as well, like just competing over there and just everything about it, I just thought, yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. Like, I just want to, I just wanted to fight all the time and just keep mm-hmm. getting better and better. And then, so it was around like probably like early 2019 that I was thinking, yeah, this is, this is going to be. And then that's around the time I decided, yeah, I need to move. I need to mm-hmm. move out of the South because it just it just wasn't doing it for me and it's no disrespect to anyone down south like um it's just it, it was either move to london or move up north and mm-hmm. and to be honest looking at london like i know how expensive it is to live there 
So I would have had to just work stupid hours to afford to live and I wouldn't have been able to train as much. So the North is, it is cheaper to live up here. So I just thought, you know what, like, I'm just going to make the move and just go for it and and Mm -hmm. see what happens. And I remember saying to my mum, like, you know, I might go for like three months and come back. I might go for six months or I might stay there forever. I don't know. Like, I'm just going to go and see, see what happens kind of thing. And, um, to be honest, I, th- I don't. I I can see myself living in Liverpool for forever. <laughs> I love it here. So awesome. Yeah. No, well, that's damage. So, um, I was going to ask you about that as well, actually. So, basically, how is the reception of people closest to you? So, like we said, people going to hairdressing, people going to different occupations, but literally, I mean, in terms of um, a woman going into what what we could say was a kind of mainstream um, dominated world. You're, you're technically breaking gender stereotypes every time you stand in there through what society looks at you. Did you get a warm reception when you first kind of told parents, stuff like that? Um, what, when I told my parents? Yeah, so like it's, yeah. I mean, perhaps it's slightly unorthodox if we're going by the norm in terms of, I mean, for example, up in Scotland, uh, I certainly do see and I believe that we've got female fighters, but it's still very unheard of in that regard. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I, I mean, I'm the middle child. I was always the naughty kid. <laughs> I was always <laughs> the one that was getting up to no good. So I don't think I, anything really shocked my mum and dad yeah. <laughs> in terms of what I, you know, oh, I'm going to start this now. I'm going to do this now. They're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But I think, to be honest, when I first started doing it, I don't think that I think they probably just thought oh, it'll be like every other other thing she's ever started and not finished or it would just mm. be a little hobby or whatever. I don't think they realised, like, how much it would take off for me. And then um, what I remember telling my mum, like, I've got my first fight. And to be honest, I didn't really get a reaction out of them. They were just like, oh, okay. Like, and then I remember when when it was my first fight, like the build up to it was quite like the opponent I fought um, Mm -hmm. was quite catty and like, sort of like trash talked a lot on social media and mum, like I'd never actually experienced that I mean I'm grateful mm-hmm. it happened now because it stood me in good good oh, practice for if it happens mm-hmm. now but back then I was like oh what's going on this is horrible like why is she being so horrible to me <laughs> um, and obviously my mum seeing that was just like oh I can't believe she's saying all this and I was like oh, you know what it's just it is what it is like I, I, I'm not that sort of I've never been that sort of person so I never really like give it back but mm-hmm. um so I remember for that fight, because the build-up was quite catty, it was like, my mum was like, oh, I think she, I think she was like, no, she was definitely nervous for it. And then once she came to watch afterwards, I mean, she did have a few wines, but after she, yep, after she, wa- she watched me, she was like, actually, do you know what? Like, I've seen... I've seen how hard you work for it. I've seen mm-hmm. what go what goes into it and the sacrifices you make. And and she was like, I can just see how happy it makes you. So she was just she was sweet from the get go. Really, my dad. Awesome. My dad. My dad's like kind of a man of few words. Really, he doesn't really doesn't really say much, <laughs> but he does come to most of my fights now. The ones that he can get to, he, he mm-hmm. will get to. So, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, no, I didn't really get brilliant. like a mad reaction or anything. <laughs> to be fair, like I get it, I get it a lot. People are like, "Oh, you fight, yeah, you're not scared. What's going to happen to your face and stuff like that?" But it's just like I think, to be honest, the sport for women now is is a lot better than it was, um, mm-hmm. and it's a lot more common now to see women in the sport. So, um, without, without a doubt, yeah. um, I mean, I mean, certainly if we're going by the last decade or so, so we know that, I mean the appreciation, the respect and the kind of acceptance, if you will, for women in that in, in that in the MMA world's insane. I mean, 
we've seen people. I mean, um, do you follow the UFC a lot? Yeah, yeah. Ah, so you've got like, I mean, obviously Ferranda and stuff, and then Katzengano, Nunes, and then we've got everybody, all these different divisions in that as well. So, top of the food chain now, main events, money. Do you plan on taking this to the limit in terms of UFC caliber? What's the ideal path for you to get there then in terms of you're going to try and get some more fights on the go? You're going to try and build up a wealthy experience and then kind of, you know, your tough ultimate fighter type competitions. Would you ever be interested in doing stuff like that? Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd never turn opportunities like that down. I'd always, mm. always you know, opportunities are, I believe they're put there for, for, for everyone's, you know, own personal pathways and their reasons. Mm. But I think I was actually having this conversation earlier with one of my friends, like, the, the sort of original goal is always like, yeah, get to UFC, be a world champ and all this. But to be honest, like the, the sport's evolving and, and, and everything in to do with it is evolving constantly. And it is different now to what it was years ago. So yeah. I'm not against other promotions. Um, that There are, obviously there's, you know, my favourite ones that I've got. Um, I've got a couple more amateur fights booked in for mm-hmm. this year and then, um, then we are looking to turn professional and mm-hmm. ideally I'd like to I'd like to branch out towards the states I'd like to go um, ideally I'd like to go to Invicta actually which a lot of yes. people go really you would you? but I just think it's a great platform it's a female only platform there's a mm-hmm. lot of women in my division you know I look at Bellator they, they haven't even got my division in Bellator yet for yeah. women so there's a lot more opportunity over there in terms of like you know I, j- I just want to fight regularly I'm not I'm not I don't want to fight twice a year yeah. on, even if it's on a massive promotion, I want to be fighting regularly because that's what I love doing. It's, it, it's not just about them. It's not about the money and you know, the money is a bonus. It's nice, but I want to be training regularly and fighting regularly. So in terms of like that show Invicta is, is a great opportunity in terms of there's a lot of fights there waiting. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, and then, and then obviously like it's quite, it's a little bit like cage warriors in terms of like from the UK to, you know, it's a good pathway to the UFC, the Invicta, mm-hmm. a lot of women, a lot of female champs from UFC have come from Invicta. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously UFC would be an amazing achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not, I'm not ruling out other, other promotions or other opportunities. Never know. Do you know what I mean? You never know what's what's around the corner. So mm-hmm. I just want to fight, fight professionally, have a successful professional career, and and be able to start giving back to the people. Yeah. Sounds perfect. Yeah, the UFC. When you, I think it's just a force of habit. You always kind of jump in with the UFC. But yeah, it's it's kind of discredit. I mean, we know Cage Warriors, and I mean Invictus. Um, I mean, Megan Anderson and all that's kind of came through those types of places, and they again regional scene up to professional. They managed to get there, so there's no reason why yourself and many others can't get there as well. So, no, that's awesome. So, I mean, what, you're 26, aren't you? Yeah, 27 this year. 27 <laughs> this year. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you're not up wins. I've seen your record. You've got wins. You're still very young in terms of fighting. You've got um, a lot of years in you still to improve and get better. Um, you sound very confident in terms of you kind of know your position um, in it. You know that you're, at the moment, you're kind of working your way up. You've got plans to to get bigger, to make statements, to gravitate towards getting to those bigger leagues and stuff. So, Invicta, what say if you get a couple more fights, turn professional, how long do you think it'll take to get there? I mean, before you actively start looking, would it be another couple of years or another couple of really good, impactful wins? How would you see that going? 
To be honest, I actually don't know. <laughs> no, that's it's, cool. It, it's, I mean, I've never even been to America, so <laughs> it's a big goal for me. It's a big, like, just take the leap kind of thing. But I think, yeah, I mean, obviously, when I, when I turn professional, it'll be probably a matter of fighting regionally to start with and just just working my way up and mm-hmm. yeah making a statement I need to I need to make you know I need to get my name out there and and I do need to start getting noticed for, for these opportunities to come up um you know there's a big part of this sport now that is down to marketing and, and branding yourself and Literally. I've just launched mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've, I've just launched um my brand actually I've been working on it for a while and mm-hmm. um I'm gonna gonna be running like you know, personal training and sessions and boot camps off that to, alongside my fighting. But that ideally is is the brand that I am taking with me um alongside my my fight career. Um mm. so I think there's a lot more to it than just just being a good fighter nowadays. You you need to be the whole package. You've got to have, you know, you've got to have that package to offer. Otherwise you just you, you will get overlooked. So yeah um you know there's there are a few talented like talented fighters out there who do sadly get overlooked because they don't promote themselves or push themselves out there or anything and it's it's a shame it's that way because mm-hmm. you know they 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 don't work any less than anyone else um but you know the likes are like look, look at conor mcgregor he's a perfect example prime of, example yeah of, of marketing and branding himself and so i think i have no idea how i'm going to get to invicta <laughs> But that's the plan. I'll, I'll make it work somehow. But yeah, just to, to start with, I'm just, I mean, I'm actually just at the minute, my focus isn't even on turning professional. That is the goal this year. Mm. But right now, obviously, I'm, I'm in camp for a fight in, in nine weeks time. So that's that's my main focus now. Just focus on this one, get the next one when that's ready and then take each one as it comes, really. No, sounds perfect. Like, like, like I said, it kind of goes into that thing again. You, you kind of know your position at the moment and you're not willing to kind of skip a lot of things to get there. It's like um, a lot of people do podcasts and do sports type, anchor type stuff and like stuff like I'm doing just now. They always want to kind of jump to the big leagues in that sense. Like I've interviewed a lot of UFC people, right? And it was great. And then I thought to myself, it's cool and that, but I would love to kind of work up to that. So I've kind of wanted to just like talk to a lot of people, a lot of people coming up in that and try and get into that because that stuff is far more fascinating and intriguing than talking to someone who's up there and like, oh, you've seen them on the TV and all that kind of stuff. So, no, I, I certainly like your attitude and what you've got going on, and that's kind of what, what I hope many other people are invoking and got going on as well. So um, if I was to walk into your gym tomorrow, what's the music that you would be getting fired up with and getting ready for your fight in camp? The music? Um, I've got a very varied taste in music. <laughs> There's always a joke. There's actually always a joke in Aspire. Like if anyone's putting their tunes on the speaker, it's not allowed to be me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Um, I think I either listen to like the Foo Fighters and sort of like indie rock or I listen to, I do like grime and and Mm -hmm. rap music that does, does get you quite fired up for for training and that. Um, But I tend to listen to either dancehall music or um rock which is i understand is very two mm. very different styles of music um but yeah i don't know really it depends it literally depends on my mood but as soon as i wake up i, I know what mood i'm in and it depends on that really <laughs> no that's awesome i spoke to a uh, raquel pennant and she said that when she was training for like the amanda nunes fight she listened to garth brooks to get ready 
you know who Garth Brooks is? No. Oh, well, basically, it's like very, very country, country western type stuff. Um, I'll, I'll probably do my favour and no send you a link, but that just kind of shows you that it doesn't matter um, what type of stuff you're listening to. You've got all these different varied stuff, as you said, that gets in the mix and gets in your ears and gets you riled up. But yeah, people people listen to country western stuff and country music to get in there. So it just shows you, does it? It's all about yourself, really. Yeah. Yeah, now, exactly. Now, so... When I, when I was jumping into questions and that, so I wanted to just add a couple of wee different ones in. So this is one of those. Now, we know the pandemic's very tough. We know that a lot of people are struggling to make ends meet. MMA fighters, as we know, professional, amateur, money um, is tight in any regard. Now, we know that the sport's notorious for it. So female fighters, we've seen them doing a lot of different things, a lot of creative things to kind of get money in. Now, as a female fighter, we're an amateur or professional. Um, there's a lot of people, certainly in the bigger leagues getting into a lot of websites like OnlyFans and all that type of stuff on the basis of earning money when they're not fighting. What's your stance on it? That's so funny you asked me that because I've had a few chats with people about stuff like that this week, Mm -hmm. actually. Um, I'll be honest, I I actually did OnlyFans last year um, myself for about six weeks. Mm -hmm. And um, I never did anything to too crazy to be honest it was all just like cheeky sports stuff um but it was i I very quickly realized what a what a dark industry it is or Mm. what a dark industry it can be um and it it got me the money i need basically i needed money right to Mm -hmm. to travel from manchester to liverpool to get my training in yeah um and it did the job for six weeks it got me it got me to do that for my fight camp but I soon realised, actually, you know what? I don't want to be one of these girls who gets to the top because people actually just want to see your body or mm-hmm. the way you look or whatever. Like, I don't know. It, there, there is an element of it that makes you feel a bit like it is It is a bit degrading. And uh, mm-hmm. this is just my personal opinion, obviously. Yeah. Like, I, I have friends in that, that that absolutely smash only fans and, you know, they're brilliant people. And in fairness to them, you know, they're absolutely killing it. And, they, you know, they don't have to go and work four jobs like I do. <laughs> So mm-hmm. sometimes I think, oh, shouldn't I just do it again? <laughs> but no, nah, I don't. I don't think it's the best. Like, do you know what? I'm not in any position to, to you know, say how someone can make their money. If that's working for them, yeah. then you know that's great for them. For me personally, I don't. I don't want to delve into that world ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It has crossed my mind a few times when times have been tough, but mm-hmm. I'd rather. I'd rather graft these these three or four jobs that I'm doing now as hard as hard as they are mentally and physically like I'd rather know that I'm getting to the top from being a hard-working athlete and not mm-hmm. just because I'm a female and I can get my ass out on the internet yeah yeah so I no. want to make sure like you know and also I feel like as well there's an element of like we have a lot of of kids in our gym that you know young up-and-coming talent and a lot of young females that are that are coming up and that I train with on a daily basis and a lot of young females that do like look up to me and the other girls in the gym mm-hmm. and you know I want to set a good example for them girls I want to show them that you know the right way to work and you know the good work ethic the good attitude and you know you've got to go out and work for yourself and get get what you want to get but in a good respectful way to yourself you know mm-hmm. and I don't I don't want to give them the wrong the wrong idea of you know oh well Lexi did that when she was training so I'm going to do it now do you know what I mean I want to I want to give that set that good example for for the young yeah. younger females that are coming up as well so I think I I would like to be 
the person that I didn't have when I was, you know, when I was starting out, I didn't have that guidance. I didn't, you know, I had, I was just, I was just surrounded by guys all the time when I first started and I didn't have any other females sort of guiding me or helping me. And, you know, I had the lads going, yeah, do that, do that. And all this. And it was just, so I'd like, you know, I try and be the person now that I would have liked to have had five years ago, four years ago, you know? No, that sounds like the perfect type of person to be in the gym, certainly as, as a person kind of progressing in their own right and for kids to be looking up to. But yeah, it was just um, OnlyFans. I've seen a lot about it in terms of a lot of critique going towards females who are known to have a good reputation and not so much in the kind of MMA world. So it's like one of these things, a lot of critique going on, almost discredits the career because they're getting labels attached to them, perhaps kind of contrasts the kind of career that they've worked so hard to get to. Um, mm. So, yeah, I was just very curious just to see from a, a female standpoint for yourself. But um, we'll just end it with a cool question. Um, if you could fight anyone, any division, any organisation, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question. And this can be uh, anybody, like, we can talk about somebody that you idolise or look up to, just like anybody. Um, <laughs> I'd actually really like to fight. There is someone I would like mm-hmm. to fight again. Again, I've actually already fought them twice, and they've beat me twice. It's the only yep. the only losses I've got on my record are from the same girls, Frida Vastamaki from um, yep. the IMAS. And then um, this isn't me, you know, being a big ball calling her That's out. She's a Swedish, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yep. she's 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 a good good fighter. But mm-hmm. I just I feel like. I'm so much better now as a, as an overall fighter and athlete now and and the knowledge and the skill set that I've developed over the time of just being at Aspire for a year mm-hmm. since I fought her. Like the progressions I made between the Euros and the Worlds, you know, the six months space between them yeah. and and the, the the differences I felt when I was in the cage with her in the Worlds to the Euros. I was like, oh, this is so annoying. I felt like I was, <laughs> I felt like I was always just like j- so close, like, to, to beat in her and I, I feel like now I'm in the place where I'm like yeah 100% I know I've got this mm-hmm. and I'd like to in my head that would kind of eliminate the two losses on my record <laughs> in my head anyway um cancel them out kind of thing so I'd love to fight her again if if the opportunity arose you know if she could come to the UK or even if I went to Sweden and fought her I think that would be a brilliant fight um because obviously I know she's been working hard since then as well so she's only a would have got got better herself as well mm-hmm. um so that's yeah that's who I would ideally I'd like to fight I think in the in terms of like idols and that I think I don't know I mean the fact that Amanda Nunes is in my division is quite a scary fault <laughs> <laughs> yes I'm all for going to the UFC, but I'm like hang on a minute <laughs> yeah it's always, it's um, always good to have people like that the way it's kind of like you can always you, you know you've got that kind of element of level like um, this is what you, this is the level you need to get on par with, and uh, you need to have a kind of well-rounded um, approach to fighting somebody who can fight, stand, and fight on the ground and all that. So I think it's a good source of motivation as well, is it? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it, it's good as well because you see these you see these women in the UFC, and they mm-hmm. are like they are elite athletes every yep. day. That's their mm-hmm. life. They're not just like living camp to camp or whatever you know you see like the likes of Nunes Shevchenko yeah. and her sister as well and mm-hmm. like Holly Holm and you you know they are in immaculate shape and they are in they're not necessarily in fight shape all year round but no. they're in good shape athletic shape all year round so it's it's good to have them to, to look at because I've, I've done loads of like I, I watch loads of their like 
vlogs and youtube channels and stuff and i just think oh like you you do you do make like little adaptations to your life and Mm -hmm. little changes to think about how can i be better athlete because it's not all about what you do in the gym a lot of it is is about what you do outside of the gym as well so it's good to have them them kind of role models to look up to and and think and then you need to kind of find a balance as well whereas like i used to look at ufc fighters and be like oh my god like as if they were like not human yeah and then i'm like the reality like the reality is like when I get to the UFC if, or, or Invicta or whatever, like I'm, I may very well have to fight one of them. So it's like, mm-hmm. you can't go in there thinking they're this superhuman because, you know, you've worked just as hard to get up to that space and to, to earn the right to fight them anyway. So you're just as superhuman as they are in your head. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't like really idolizing people in a, in, in a, in a sense, but mm-hmm. it is good to have them obviously like they, you know, the, the, the fact that we have main events, female main events and stuff now is is amazing. So, yeah, it's constantly getting better. No, that's awesome. That's a good way to look at it as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, good chance you can get there. Certainly you can keep grinding and keep doing what you're doing. There's no no reason why you can't be. Um, yeah, I knew you were going to mention the Swedish girl. Now, I had her name written down, but I didn't want to mispronounce it when I was kind of reading it back to you. But um, that did stick out on the record. And, um, yeah, of course you're wanting to get back and fight. I mean, all your kind of tools that you're building upon in the gym and that all the time will be a good source to kind of to vent and get back to fighting her. So, I mean... Things are looking good now in terms of, I mean, lockdowns and all that are kind of being reduced. Apparently, we're going to get crowds back into fight as well. Is your event in nine weeks going to have people in it? Crowds? Yeah, we've got, yeah, we're selling tickets at the minute. So, awesome. fingers crossed that stays mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, we're, we're back with the crowds, which is really good. Um, Because, obviously, Celtic, it was great to fight last November. Obviously, I was lucky yeah. to get a fight in. But it was so weird not, not having, like, a normal crowd there. Imagine. and. Mm-hmm. it was just a weird vibe but um yeah it, it would be nice to um nice to have the crowds back definitely no i need to look at that and get sharing it and uh, certainly let as much people know about it is that going to be based in liverpool as well or um no it's based in wolverhampton it's um golden okay. ticket fight promotion um mm-hmm. yeah wolverhampton so it's the 26th of june um fighting charlotte cooper from 12 mm-hmm. gauge okay. which will be a good be a good scrap that um She's she's been on my radar for for a while. So her and one other girl are like sort of the, the last last opponents left really in the UK for me <laughs> to fight. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a good one. Yeah, awesome. No, um, it sounds like I said um, very inspirational. You've got a lot going on. Um, of course, you've got statements in mind. You've got stuff planned. You know what's kind of at the end of the road in terms of fighting. You know you've got targets to get there. You've got a a well-worthy division to get to as well and there's a lot of competitors in the big leagues and people that you could fight on the way up so no I think it's amazing and it's very inspiring to hear that you've uh, you went through what many people go through you leave school you go through that rough patch and um, you faced adversity to get from there to get to where you are now sounds like you're on a good track sounds like things are all kind of working out and uh, there's a kind of silver lining there for you as well so I appreciate you for taking time to come on where could we find you, any kind of listeners and any kind of sponsors that you've got? Um, so I'm not really on Facebook. I think I've got an old Facebook account. I'm, I won't lie, I'm rubbish for Facebook. I don't, I haven't used it for years. <laughs> um, but I think there is some accounts still lying dormant there. Um, but I am main, I mainly use Instagram. So mm-hmm. it's just uh, Lexi underscore Rook MMA on Instagram. Um, I, I just use it 
solely for for my training and promotional like fight purposes really um and then yeah my sponsors at the moment i'm sponsored by um vigorate which you've probably Mm -hmm. heard of vigorate um those guys more mma they they help supply me with like all my gloves and stuff they're really 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 cool company really nice guy um and phil supreme as well they're they're like my main supplement company Mm -hmm. um again like like amazing to have them on board because they yeah i spend a fortune on (laughs) supplements every month um so yeah just just that really i'm not really on any other socials Awesome. No, that's Instagram is the kind of way to go now, eh? You've got your Instagram and Twitter. Again, it's marketing, social media. Um, so, no, um, I'll make sure everybody could find you on Instagram. What's the name of your boot camp, um, your new projects you got going? So my new project is called Alexis Athletics. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to be teaming up with uh, Becky Ainsco. She's a, uh, making a pro debut soon, actually. She's a pro boxer. Um, awesome. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna we're, we're teaming up and just just gonna be running a few boot, female female only boot camps and mm-hmm. classes, um, especially now summer's coming, get outdoors and do some bits. Um, and then obviously I'm gonna be doing like one to one sessions as well for anyone yeah. who's interested. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's just trying to get basically just trying to pump it out there and get my name out there. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm, I moved to Liverpool in the lockdown, so I've kind of just popped up and everyone's like, no one really knows who I am or what I'm doing. So just about getting the word out there now and just get the ball rolling and trying to trying to make an income that's not too demanding like mm-hmm. at the minute. <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds good. Sounds like a good plan. But um, again, I appreciate you taking time to come on. I uh, wish you all the luck uh, for your fight in June and maybe catch up again at some point after that, see how you've got on for that. Yeah, that'd be nice, yeah. Thanks for having me on. No, appreciate your time. You take it easy, all right? No worries.